Welcome back to your journey to happiness. Today is season two, episode 32, when home is not your place of zen. So I wanted to do a follow-up to my um, for my last podcast the other day of uh, Home is Where You Hang Your Hat, where I was basically just, you know, sharing with you what I felt, you know, home is for me. And, um, you know, I don't want to just put us, I don't want this podcast podcast to be, um, I want it to be of value to you, right? So if I just keep putting a smiley face on things, that doesn't really, that doesn't provide a lot of value. So I wanted to talk tonight about when home is not your place of Zen, when home is not a good place. And I think for a lot of people, home is not a good place for them. And I'll just, I'm just going to share with you my experience with home not being a good place. And again, for like 25 years, um, you know, I was in a horrible marriage. It was a failed marriage. And, ho- and home life just really sucked. It really did. Even with my two boys, it just, it was just a, it was a horrible environment. I mean, you know, sadly, I married a, a malignant narcissist without even knowing it until years later, until it was too late. And for me, home was not a place of Zen. So what I want to share with you is when, when, you know, how bad it could get when home is not home for you. Because it can get really bad. And I'm just going to share with you what I know, what I experienced where home can get really bad. Um, so in my case, it was very bad. It was just, it was just, you know, my, my, at the time, my wife and I were never on the same page ever. And it caused a lot of conflict. She undermined me all the time. She silenced me. I never had a voice as a father. And that's my own fault for not putting my foot down, right? I, I get that. I understand that. But home, you know, home for me, really, it's, it, growing up home was great. But, you know, my adult life, my, in my married life, home sucked. It really did. I married the wrong, the wrong woman. So home was horrible for me. And, you know, when that happens, and look, how many of us, how many of us marry the wrong person? I don't know the statistics, but I'm pretty sure it's more than 50% of people marry the wrong person. And I was one of those 50%. As far as I know, it's high. It's as high as eighty percent. But anyway, so you know, <clears throat> my twenty-five year marriage just sucked, and the home life sucked. Prior to having kids, sucked. You know, having the first one, yeah, it wasn't really that great. Having a second one wasn't that great. I mean, home life, home life in general, it really sucked. It really did. And um, you know, when when I think when one of the two spouses is, if there's issues with one. It ruins it for everybody. You know, what? let's say the husband is an alcoholic or a gambler or a whoremaster or whatever you want to say, whatever issues, you know, that can happen with guys, right? Obviously, that home life is going to suck. If the wife is a malignant narcissist, like in my case, or if the wife's a drunk or an alcoholic or a shopaholic, that's going to cause problems. It just is. You know, I mean, I look, I, I'm dead against marriage. I really am. I had a bad marriage. I'm dead against it. I'm, you know, I'm, maybe I'm, 
myopic because of that, but I definitely am against marriage. I, Based on what I experienced, I seriously think marriage should be like a car lease. It should be a 36-month lease, and you should have the option of either sending, you know, trading it, uh, giving it back, or buying out of the lease if you really like it. Simple as that. Um, I'm just not a fan of marriage. I'm just not based on my experience. And it is what it is, right? So, home life, there was never a sense of home. And to this day, believe it or not, all four of us have nothing but bare memories of the, of the house in Smithtown. My two boys, my, my, you know, their mother and me, we all have bad memories of that home. Nothing was good. Really, nothing was really good. We struggled financially. We argued financially. We argued about money. You know, um, the kids grew up with parents who were never on the same page, constantly arguing. It wasn't a good environment. It really wasn't. And, um, you know, I thought I was doing the right thing. I'll share this with you guys and gals. I thought I was doing the right thing by staying for the kids because I watched my parent, my father do that. Because my, my, my parents' marriage was probably the worst ever I've ever seen in my life. And, um, you know, I, I grew up watching my father stay in the marriage because of the kids. And I did the same thing, which was a big mistake. But you know what? Part of me, initially, I remember part of me didn't want to have that snicked stigma of being a divorced guy. To me, like, I, I felt ashamed if I was divorced. And then the other part of me didn't want to leave my kids. I remember promising my older boy, I promised him I'd never leave. You know, and I ended up leaving. I probably stayed longer than I should have, to be honest. Because kids are resilient. But I just, you know what? I didn't want to be the bad guy. I didn't want to be the guy that left and, you know, left my boys hanging and all that shit. But I probably, you know, by, by, by I'll be honest with you, staying did no good. I think it made it worse, me staying. Because it was such a hostile environment. It was so toxic. You know, and at the time, I didn't know my, my I didn't know she was a malignant narcissist. Had I known, I would have left sooner. Seriously. Because you can't win that battle. Not even, not, not only can you, not, not, not even that you can't win. You can't even coexist with a malignant narcissist. You can't. It's impossible. And I wish I had known. So I stayed longer than I should have. And you know what? Honestly, I think it at the time I thought I was doing the right thing. But it really caused, it made things worse by me staying. Because it, it just, it furthered that toxic environment. And it definitely made things worse. It really did. It was stupid on my part. I should have had the balls, honestly, and left sooner. I really should have. So... In my case, it was a nightmare. You know, in my case, I experienced first. I experienced firsthand how, uh, when, when, how bad it can get when home is not a home. It got to the point where we were just arguing every day. You know, she was violent, abusive uh, emotionally, abusive financially, abusive physically to me. She would spit at me in front of my kids call me names, blame me, shame me, just make me look like an asshole in front of my kids. It was terrible. 
and it, it and the, and you know when the, when the kid children grow up in that environment, they 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 you know they don't know what to believe, right? So they believe what they what they're hearing. So my two boys, they actually I'm, I'm going to share this with you. I never shared this with anybody, but my two boys, my older boy, they're six years apart. My older boy when he was 17, and then six years later when my younger boy was 17, they both said the same thing to me. They both admitted that they had no respect for me because of the way I let their mother treat me. And I remember when my older boy first said that. He said to me, he said, Dad, you must have been a great guy before you met me. No, he said, he said, you must have been a good guy before you met Mommy. I told my older boy, I said, I was a great guy before I met your mother. Your mother brought out the worst of me. And then he told me he had no respect for me because of the way I let his mother treat me. She would spit at me, raise her hand to me, call me names, silence me, you know, just disrespect me and and just treat me like a schmuck. You know, treat me like a eunuch, a guy with his balls cut off. And I allowed that. It's my fault. I own it. But I said to my old boy, I said, I said, well, what was I supposed to do, punch your mother in the face when she called me names or when she spit at me? I should punch her in the face? Like, like you know, I guess what I needed to do was leave and maybe they would have respect for me then, but you know, at the time I was afraid to do that. And then again, six years later, my younger boy, when he was 17, he just out of blue, he said the same thing. He said, Daddy, I don't respect you. I have no respect for you because the way you let mommy walk all over you. And he's right. I let her walk all over me, that psycho. And, and it just, it really, it just created such a bad environment. I mean, it could have got ugly. I mean, cops could have been, would have, you know, could have been called to the scene. You know, people could have been attacked, you know, hurt physically. Like, it, it was real. it was, it was crazy. It was just really crazy. I don't want to get into specifics, but it was not a good environment for anybody. It really wasn't. It was horrible. I don't wish it upon anybody. I know there was, there were situations that are even worse. I get that. But for me, it was a nightmare, and I didn't deserve it. I was a good guy my whole life. I helped people my whole life. I deserve better than that. I mean, you know, my kids deserve better than that, too. But I'm glad I'm out now. My older boy, he ran out. He ran away. He's out. Um, sadly, my younger boy stuck with his mother, and she's driving him crazy. Because narcissists, that's what they do. They blame, they shame, they guilt trip you. So now, you know, she's focusing all her drama on my, my younger son and he can't take it anymore. But, you know, maybe he'll go to work and get money and get out, you know. It's not for me to save him. He's got to save himself. But um, it could get really ugly. You know, it could get really ugly. You know, people can get hurt. They can get arrested. It could get really bad. Um, anyway, you know, there could be holes. I mean... In my house, there's holes in the wall, there's broken furniture, broken windows. I mean, it got pretty bad. I remember calling the police one night. It just got bad. I remember locking myself in a room and calling the police. It got really bad. Um, But, you know, I know it can get worse for some families. Um, And then another example, too, is my friend Ty, who recently was found dead. Uh, he, he, He had a bad habit. Of I, I told you this before, of letting just these asshole strays 
literally in his life, in his life, number one in his life, and literally in his apartment. He had, my friend Ty had no respect for his apartment. He, he would boast about it that it's his place of zen, it's a museum, it's, he's got an art gallery, all this horse shit. Meanwhile, he was just a hoarding, lonely guy that would let, literally left his front door unlocked, would let any asshole come in. Drink his food, or drink his alcohol, eat his food, and throw up all over his couch. That's how stupid my friend Ty was. And it led to such abusive situations against him. He got assaulted, put in the ER, he got arrested, his cat was killed by his roommate. It, it, it got so bad for him that it, it really led to his demise. It really did. I blame him for for the, the, the worst years of his life. The last five years of his life was horrible, and I blame him for it because he didn't respect his home. He didn't lock his goddamn front door. That's all you had to do was lock your goddamn door. I used to tell him all the time. I remember I was on the phone one time, and one of his shithead neighbors, this drunk asshole, just walked in. I was like... And I heard the guy walk in as I was on the phone with my friend Ty. I was like, what the hell is he doing there? He just walked in. He goes, yeah. I said, you didn't lock the front door? He goes, no. I said, you're an idiot. You got to lock your front door. Just stupid. So for him, it I can honestly say it led to his death. Because he was so lonely, he let all these shitheads in his life that stole his watches abused his furniture, threw up on his couch, threw up on his carpet, ate his food, would physically assault him in his apartment, like fight with him. Uh, he had no respect for his own home. And this guy wasn't married, he didn't have kids. He was a single guy. How can you not respect your home as a single guy? You just locked the goddamn front door. He can never lock the front door. And if somebody knocked, he, he got so stressed out that he felt a need to open it unlock it like what what's going on what do you want i used to tell him you don't have to answer anybody like just calm down wait 10 minutes and whoever it is will go away like he didn't understand that he always felt the need he had to open the door even if it was locked or he had to answer the phone if somebody kept calling him constantly like he gets so upset and say okay what 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 do you want why even answer the phone why answer the door he had no respect for himself or his living arrangement. I blame him 100% for that. And it led to his death. Because he would drink himself to oblivion. He would self-medicate with alcohol. He would fall down all the time. And it seems like it seems like he eventually fell down in the bathroom. And probably hit his head. Or killed himself. I still don't know. And you know what? It doesn't matter. Either way, it's his own fault. He had no control over his life. And the, the first step in controlling your life is controlling your living environment. You have to treat your environment as a place of Zen. If you're in a toxic relationship, drop the keys off and get the F out. Or kick the person out. Whatever you want to do. And once people are out, or you're out and you're living by yourself, you lock the door, change your phone number. It's very simple. Very, very simple. He refused to change his phone number. Oh, well, there's people that need my number. Okay, so you know what? You text him the new number. He 
he wouldn't do it. He loved allowing these assholes access to him physically and emotionally. He had no respect for himself or the place where he lived. I don't, I, I blame it all on him. So my point is this. If you don't respect yourself, if you don't respect your living environment, if you don't respect yourself enough to get to a safe place, to get a safe house, I have a safe house. My family doesn't know where I live. They don't need to know. I have a safe house because I don't trust them. I really don't. I don't trust my two sons and, and their psycho mother. I do not trust any one of them. The three of them do not know where I live. They don't. And they will never will know. And if they find out, I'll move. I need a safe house to be safe and at peace. I've lived too long in a toxic environment. And I lived too long looking over my shoulder. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm 61 years old. I am going to live safe and at peace. And I'm going to live in a loving environment. No, I will never let anyone or anything get in that way. And no one can make me. And I said this before. Not a judge, jury, SWAT team, or anybody make you live in a toxic relationship or a toxic environment. Just drop the keys and get the fuck out. And that's what I did. I dropped the keys off. I got the fuck out. No one knows where I live. None of the toxic people in my life know where I live. I like it that way. Because they would all have their hands out wanting money, 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 money. That's not my job anymore. It's about me right now. I'm 61. It's all about me. I'll tell you right now. It's not about my kids. And I'll be there for them. But it's not about them though. It's about me. My health. My my emotional and physical health. It's I am number one. It's about me. Now's the time to be selfish. I'll be there for my kids if they need me. But but priority one is me, my health, and my safety. And no one will get in that way. No one will change that. I'm gonna tell you right now. And I love it. I've been living safe for a year now. Best year of my life. I don't owe anybody shit, financially or otherwise. I take care of people. I pay bills. I do above and beyond. I do enough where, you know what? No one could say shit to me. No one could ask me for anything, or no one could say I'm a bad guy. Because I'm, believe me, I'm paying out until I don't want to anymore. But right now, I'm still doing the right thing until I want to. Someday it may stop. But I am a priority. My safety is a priority. My mental and physical well-being is a priority. And I'm living that way. For a year and I've been living like that. I love it. Best year of my life. Now, I know not everybody has that opportunity. But but I worked hard. I worked extra jobs to get to that point. So I really don't feel sorry for any of you people listening. If you're in drama, you're in a bad marriage, this and that. I don't give a shit. Because I was there and I got the fuck out. So I don't feel sorry for any of your shit tell you right now if you're not happy get the fuck out have the balls to be happy that's on you have the balls to be happy what are you waiting for you're waiting to die you're waiting to get a a terminal illness what are you waiting for to be happy what are you waiting for 
You ain't for your kids to finish college. Oh, fuck that. If you're not happy, do what you got to do to be happy. Have the balls to be happy. It's a choice. Flip the switch. Choose to be happy. Choose to be safe. Choose to be loved. I don't feel sorry for anybody who's not in that situation. I don't. Because I was there. I got the fuck out. You could do the same thing. Your home has to be your place of zen. It has to be safe and has to be a loving environment. And if it's not, shame on you. Shame on you. If you're not living the way you want to be, where you want to be, and with who you want to be, shame on you. Don't feel sorry for you. I don't care if you got kids. I don't care if they're three years old, 30 years old. I don't give a shit. That's no excuse for you to live in a horrible, depressing, toxic environment. So assess your life. Decide what, what, how you want to live on a daily basis. Because to me, that's the most important part of your life. is how you live on a daily basis. And, and you know, and for the people too that are like, kind of stuck taking care of the elderly parents. I get that. You're doing the admirable thing. But you know what? Nine out of ten times, you know what that scenario is like? I'm going to tell you what it's like. It's somebody living in the home they grew up in, right? Because they're taking care of the elderly parents. And they have probably have a sibling or two living either in the same town or across country, living their lives, married, kids, jobs. But you're the sucker taking care of your parents. Exactly. You're the sucker taking care of your parents. I know it's admirable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the right thing to do. Blah, blah, blah. That's great. Look, if that works for you, knock yourself out. But you know what? I think the sad part about that is that I'm afraid that at some point when your parents are dead and gone, that you're going to look back and you're going to be like, fuck. I wasted 20 years of my life doing the right thing and now I got nobody I'm living in the free house I grew up in like a little baby and what did I do for the last 20 years nothing where was your life you know maybe you didn't date because of it maybe you didn't get into a long term relationship because of taking care of your parents maybe you didn't get married because of taking care of your parents maybe you are married and you're living nearby but you're like you're obligated and you're constantly running over to your parents and now your spouse is getting pissed off I mean listen there's a lot of people in that situation so look taking care of your parents is admirable but you know what especially if you got a sibling and I don't care if he or she is across country let them dig in let them let them uh, pitch in. Because you know what? I know you're doing what you think is admirable. It's the right thing. You're being a good son, good daughter. I get that. But you know what, though? If it's affecting your life and the way you should be living, it's a big mistake. It's a big mistake. Again, you, you got to live your life. You owe it to you. Your parents live their lives. Why you? Why do you need to take care of them? I know you're trying to do the right thing, but there's assisted living, there's this, there's that. I don't care about the Jewish culture, the Italian culture. I don't want to hear it. You know, they don't go to assisted living or they don't do that. I don't give a shit. I don't really care. You got you to gotta, 
you got to live your life so there's no regrets. What's what's the point of taking care of your parents night and day, trying to do the right thing, you know, you know, putting put postponing your life. What's the point out if when they're all dead and gone and yeah, you got the free house now? What what's the point if if you turn around and you got nothing? You're alone? Or your spouse was sick of you for kissing your parents' ass all these years? Because I, I guarantee 8 out of 10 times, that's the scenario. I guarantee 8 out of 10 times where an adult child's taking care of his parents, I guarantee 8 out of 10 times the scenario is not good. It's either it's either someone who's single and, and, and not in healthy relationships because of their parents, or, or they're living at home with their mommy and daddy, which I think is ridiculous. Or, or they're married and it's affecting, it's you know, it's taken away from their spouse and their kids by taking care of their parents. So either way, it's not a good situation. I know you're being admirable. I know it's the right thing to do, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? It's not the right thing to do if when they're dead and buried, you're going to regret what you did. That's my point. You want to be the good son and good daughter, knock yourself out. It's admirable. You want to do the right thing, knock yourself out. But if 10 years from now when they're dead and you look back, you're like, shit. I, I could have been married. I could have been with somebody. I could have been living in Florida like I want. I could have been doing this. I could have been down doing that. If there's any regret, then you failed. You fucked up. Then what was the point? Is someone gonna pat you on the back for being a good son, good daughter? Is that what your tombstone's gonna your tombstone's gonna read? You know, you know, John Smith, uh, loving son to his uh, ailing parents. Is that what you want on your tombstone? Really? Or do you want to live a life? I'm just saying. You want to do the right thing, knock yourself out. As long as you don't regret it, ten years from now when they're buried. As long as you don't regret it. But if you're gonna regret it. Then get out now. Be a big boy, be a big girl, and get the F out now. Your choice. But your home, first of all, you should everyone should have a home. Whether it's a studio apartment or a house or a farm or a ranch, everyone should have a home. And if you don't, shame on you. And the home you should have, the home you have, if you do have one, if you have the guts to get one, pay the bills and go get one, not live with mommy and daddy. If 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 you if you finally do get a home that you can call your own that you're paying for, if that's not peaceful and safe, then shame on you again. There's no excuse. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. No excuse. Not to have your own place of Zen where you're happy, healthy, and safe. If you don't have that, shame on you. There's nothing I could do for you. Nothing I could do for you. So, my friends, assess your life. Assess your situation. Forget about everyone in your life. Parents, spouse, kids. You gotta be a little bit selfish. And you gotta look at you gotta look at you look at your surroundings. A, do you have a home? And B, is it your place of Zen? If it's not, Shame on you. That's all I could say. The sooner you get your own place of zen, the better off you'll be.
and I get it. There's a lot of guilt involved. That was the biggest. That was a big problem too. In addition to you know my narcissistic, malignant, narcissistic psycho that I was stuck with for 25 years. You know, like I tried to do things like, you know, as a, as a, as a father and a husband, I tried to you know do a little bit for myself. I remember 40. I tried. I I had this crazy idea of playing ice hockey again at 40, which was absurd because I hadn't played since I was 27, and that ended horribly wrong with a with a, uh, ro- a, a torn rotator cuff and all that shit. But um, you know, even a little bit of fishing, things like that. And you know what? Just I felt the guilt. I, I get. I know what it's like to be trapped. Believe me, I know what it's like. I felt guilt, guilty going fishing, or go, and I wasn't even the guy to go hang. I wasn't even the type of guy to go hang out with the guys. You know, go somewhere. To, you know, to a bar. Uh, I was never a strip joint kind of guy. That's just ridiculous. You know, go have a cigar with somebody, or I never played golf either. But like, I was never one to like really do things with the guys. But I like doing stuff by myself. Whether it was ice hockey, you know, fishing, kayak fishing, and sadly, I felt trapped because I felt guilty. Like, oh, well, how can I go fishing if, you know, my 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 wife is stuck with the kids and she needs a break and all this horse shit. And you know what? It really just, I know, I know, I was trying to do the right thing, but you know what? It wasn't good. You know, I, I just, I I gave up like who I was, like the. You know, you, you have to maintain, you know, I mean, I, I mean, you can't really be fully selfish when you're married and you have kids, but you can't let yourself go either. You can't let yourself totally go. You can't submit to everything. You know, you can't submit to your career, submit to your spouse, submit to your kids, be a slave to your home, you know, cutting the grass and doing this shit. You can't do all that and, and not do something for yourself. You know, and I and I did that for so many years, and that's why when I was, you know, like fifty-something years old and retired, like I, I turned around, I had nothing. I didn't even know who I was anymore. You, you don't want to be that guy or that gal. But now I know more than anything at sixty-one that your home should be your place of zen. And if you got to be selfish to do that, in my opinion, so be it. So. You know, just think about it. You don't got you don't got to admit nothing to me, of course, but think about it. Think about your situation, and maybe you look five years from now, ten years from now, are you going to be happy with how the last ten years went? The last five years went. You know, five years from now, ten years from now, you're going to be happy with your situation. You're going to be happy still living the way you're living. You got to, you know, it's up to you to look in the mirror and ask yourself that. That's up to you. You know, this is the life we've chosen. It's up to you. What you want to do. So, anyway, you know, look in the mirror, figure it out. I don't know what to say. I wish you the best of luck. Thanks for listening. I will chat with you as soon as I can. Have a great week.